Welcome, SportsQuire community, to the weekly quick clip recap. This week's recap is on the importance of self-reflection and understanding your anxiety. This quick segment comes from the 18th episode of SportsQuire, The Role of Sports and Culture in Society with Sport and Positive Psychology Expert Justin Petty. This quick soundbite has a lot of jam-packed, really helpful hints and uh, foundational principles that Justin goes through that can help you if you're someone who struggles with self-reflection and maybe understanding your anxiety. And I want to highly encourage for those that have not listened to the full episode, there's even more of these sound segments and a little bit deeper discussion that Justin and I have on the overview and the broad depth of the role of sports um, in culture and society. So I highly encourage you to go back and listen to the full length episode 18. As we push forward to this Thursday, we'll be continuing our athletic development series and we'll be taking a look and a deep dive into a case for running. So athletic development and a case on long distance running and what that will allow you to do is it will add value back to you, whether you're a coach, an athlete, a recreational runner, There'll be some assessment techniques that I'll kind of walk you through, um, some helpful hints in regards to training tips that can help reduce injury rates, and then also, you know, looking at biomechanics and certain implementation and intervention strategies that can help you have higher performance with running and also have lower rate of injury. So tune in this Thursday for that segment. Enjoy this week's quick clip recap. So... I think we start just in talking about and kind of positioning the current moment. I think uh, a lot of our motivation is also contextual when we're thinking about this. And um, we got to think about the spaces we create for ourselves in these conversations that we're going to have today. We'll kind of keep coming back to that too. But um, creating spaces for ourselves to kind of analyze our motives a little bit, right? And uh, and, and we, we don't do that so well Um just day to day, right? Caught in the wheel. And so um, I think I think that's going to be a kind of a critical point that we make um, and what that space looks like. Like you need then, okay, what am I doing? What am I, what am I sort of progressing through question wise? Um, and so I would just say that I think that if you understand your, your life in America, right? We're just a busy culture. Like we're so good at staying busy that, um, and things move just kind of so fast in and around us, like with motivation and especially intrinsic motivation, when you're really kind of digging deep into who you are and why you do things, you know, taking that big step back is such a critical thing for us to be able to do. Um, and this is kind of what, what one of my colleagues refers to as positive selfishness, right? Where we, we oftentimes feel guilty about, you know, taking time for ourselves and, um, you know, the whole kind of trend of, of self-care, I think, is, is tapping into that sort of, of mechanism just because it was such a need. Like, you know, you shouldn't feel too selfish if you've got to, like, take a night off as a parent or, you know, take some time off as an athlete. And in a lot of ways, it makes you better at that. And so, you know, again, how does that sort of factor into my life and my schedule? And how am I making time for that separation so then I can work on myself, so then I can come back and be this better, whatever it might be? That's so interesting to hear you say that because, like, I think most people think that's a selfish, like like you said, it, it, that's a selfish thing to, to want to take time. In, in, in your, uh, you know, platform of teaching and, and consulting, how much do you speak about reflection and going inward and kind of taking a break? Because I, I do feel like what you said, like this is just such a busy culture that we live in. It's just, 
you know, I think if there's anything during this time, hopefully we've learned during COVID is that, you know, it's okay to slow down a little bit. And, uh, you know, I think there are, have been some, some silver linings throughout this time in regards to kind of, you know, editing your life and trying to figure out which things fit and which things don't as we get out of this, this, uh, COVID pandemic. But what does that look like? You know, is that, is that something that we have to be coached up with in regards to, to reflect on a regular basis? Um, I think in our culture, in a lot of ways, we, we do. And, you know, if you're more of an extrovert, like that might be a little harder for you because you love connecting with people. And that's where you get your, you know, emotional drives and thrills. And um, inwardness may not be your thing. Uh, for an introvert, it's a little easier. Um, they can sometimes be better at cultivating that space, whether it's just, you know, by sheer necessity um, or it's something they've done a little bit more intentionally. But for me, um, I was an only child as well. So that kind of factored into just like, you kind of had to have that sort of inner voice and, and, and a little bit more of maybe a, a rich inner life. Um, and then I also just through my educational experiences, um, especially through Jesuit education. So, um, being a teacher at, at Burbuff, um, as a Jesuit school, not a lot of people know what that means in the, in the, even in the Catholic church, there's, there's some confusion about who these Jesuits are. And essentially they're just a branch of the Catholic church that, um, their first role in the world was just going out and, and being missionaries to a lot of Native American tribes. But as part of that, they also had to learn those languages, entrench in those cultures. And a big aspect of, of the kind of Jesuit mechanism of, of spirituality and Christian thought, and to me, they're the most similar group probably to, you know, Buddhists and monks that we have in Christianity. So I think it's also a really kind of a special bridge between maybe Western practices and Christianity and Eastern practices and Buddhism and religion. But um, I think the, the key focus with, with Jesuits is that we reflect a lot because reflection is the point where you can not only analyze yourself and your values in terms of what you're learning, but it also gives you like a moment of also looking back, but then looking forward, right? And that's always the game that we're trying to play in kind of Jesuit education is, okay, you've learned something like this. What does that mean to you? How does that connect to your experiences? And then how are you going to essentially project that forward into your future self and who you want to be? And then also, how are you going to use that to help people? Those are kind of the, the layers of questions we want our students asking uh, whenever they're learning anything like this. Because if it's just something that makes you better and not the world better, is it really you know something worth holding on to? Um, if it only benefits you, and not the world, is that really something that's even worth learning? And so, you know, it really does help to maybe trim the fat off of like what's most important to us and what's most important to our kids in the context of what can be shared with the rest of the world. And I think that's a really powerful process for anybody to be going through. Um, and it's certainly, you know, when we're going through fluctuations with things like COVID, there's, there's a lot of misfortune, there's a lot of pain, there's a lot of suffering. But we also need to understand that like underneath it, you know, there underneath all of that coal, right, is that diamond. There is that gift, but it takes time and it takes the right questions to get to that. And it takes silence and it takes space. And so I think, you know, this quiet time that COVID's kind of afforded us, right, <laughs> through, through, you know, no choice of our own, really, um, it does open up at least that f that feeling of what it is to stop, what it is to not be busy. And hopefully, you know, audiences have been able to, to kind of appreciate that and then also do some reflection right whether it's it's something where it's quite literal you're writing things down 
This also gives us a chance to what I call free associate, where it's just if something pops into mind, right, it has a chance to pop into my mind and I'm conscious of it. And now I can do maybe a little bit more worker analysis on that, especially if it's anxiety, right? I don't see even something like anxiety is so pathological the way we want to say, oh, I have this disorder. I, you know, doesn't everybody have anxiety? I mean, I mean, some people suffer a little bit more than sure. others, right? Sure. And, and for some people, you know, stressors are going to be just harder to deal with and cope with in, in and around that. They have more sensitive, you know, nervous system reactions to things. And so I think those things are good to keep in mind. But, you know, fundamentally, too, if you're anxious about something, that could be the first sign that something's wrong or something needs to change. Or, you know, maybe I'm doing something that doesn't have a much meaning to me and I just feel like I, I'm forced to do it. Um, and so I think making those recognitions, even about, you know, your nine to five job or about a certain relationship um, or whether I continue my athletic career, I'm doing this or that. Uh, I think those are all really, really healthy things. And anxiety can be that sign of like, hey, I need to do this. But if we don't follow that lead a little bit and kind of listen to our bodies and reacting to, you know, the world or our own thoughts, even um, we may miss those opportunities. And then that anxiety can get worse. And now it can become something pathological, you know, if it's if it's kind of allowed to fester. And you're not really given much support or structure to kind of analyze that. And I think that's one thing that um, I just I think anybody can benefit from. And, and certainly when we're talking about performance situations, like that's a really good process for you to be constantly engaged in. And it's always right. It's not like something we can ever feel like we're done with. We always want to be done with stuff. We want to check it off the list. Right. And like I don't have to look back. Um, but this is that that constant process of just kind of breakdown and renewal, right? And we see these themes or breakdown and rebirth. We see that a lot throughout religious practice, and we certainly feel that a lot just, I think, in our daily lives, right? An exhausted week of work is part of that process, and then you have that weekend to sort of put yourself back together. Um, but what are we really doing when we're putting ourselves back together? What does that look like? Is there a better way to do that? Or are there certain questions or practices I can implement to get more out of it and to feel maybe more whole that Monday when I come back to be that better version of myself? And then that process will just grow on itself and grow on itself until I think you're closer to becoming what you want to become, you know, whatever that might be for you. As always, big, big thanks to Justin Petty and uh, his insights that he gives um, he's given, you know, now uh, a couple different times throughout the the Sports Squire radio platform and just so grateful for his contributions. A couple things I want to just make due note of is, you know, he talks about taking silence and, and reflecting and having the ability to write things down and to free associate. And he talks about this constant process of breaking down and renewing yourself and, and even kind of relating that back to, you know, that, that breakdown and, and rebirth process for some that are on that spiritual journey. And I think that's extremely uh, helpful for a lot of us to kind of listen to and to be able to create that similar exercise in our, you know, current state of where we're at. And that's something that we could do on a daily, weekly, monthly, regular basis to help us throughout the cyclical nature of some of the challenges that we may face or just, you know, giving us uh, an opportunity to, to recharge and reset. So as we push forward to this Thursday, like I had mentioned at the beginning of the, the recap, we will be starting our athletic development series. So we'll be starting a, a part series, essentially going through different case reports of different sports. We'll be starting this Thursday with a case for long distance running, followed by uh, a case for pitchers, and then followed by a case for basketball players. So we'll be running through some case scenarios. I'll be giving you some 
uh, feedback on assessment, biomechanics, um, different intervention strategies, and just some overall insight into some of the athletic development focal points that you can implement as a coach, athlete, weekend warrior, parent. So I hope you'll tune in this Thursday for the athletic development case on long distance running. Have a great week. Thank you for listening to the Sports Squire podcast. Check out the show notes for anything you missed during today's episode. Click subscribe if you haven't already to ensure you get updates on the latest Sports Squire episodes. And remember, as a Sports Squire, your greatest self is found at the intersection of knowledge and action. Don't be normal, be a Sports Squire.